in the middle of the sugi of Lashon Hora, but he said we're in the middle of the Hakdama, the introduction to explain the severity and importance of knowing and learning and hopefully implementing the halachas of Shmir Salashin. Um, last time we discussed why the Chovetz Chaim opened up and uh, wrote the Sefer on Shmir Salashin. And we explained that uh, there are two tzachalokim, ben Adon Chaveh, ben Adon Nomokim. I want to mention to you what the Chovetz Chaim says in Shmir Salashin. He says like this. This is a very interesting thing. He says there are people that look all around the world for scholars. Everybody likes a scholar, right? You want a scholar for Parnassa. People want a scholar for Shalom Bayes. People want a scholar for Shidduch. Everybody wants a scholar for something, right? And people run around the world going to Kvarim and going to, you know, Tzadikim. And it's beautiful. And they should. And it's wonderful, right? Right? But, what our people don't realize is the greatest scholar is what's written in the Torah. The greatest scholar is what the Rabboni Shalom tells us, what Chazal tells us. And that is what we mentioned last time, if a person wants life and he wants a good life and he wants all that, that comes together with that, he has to learn to be able to watch his speech. He has to be able to realize what he's saying and how it can affect others and of course himself as well. The Chavetz Chaim would say that if people would listen to what I would say, I would advise them that if they know and they want good parnasa and on everything else, they should be careful in Shmir Saloshan and the respect of other people's feelings and property. And through that, they will be blessed better and more than any other scholar that exists in the world. That is the greatest scholar that I can hand. Okay? And that's how important a person has to be with this. The Gemara in Avodah Zorah, famously, where the Gemara tells us that Rebbe Alexandria went around and he said the following, Man boy chaya, man boy chaya. Who wants life? Who wants life? And you can imagine when he said that, they thought there's some magical pill that will make a person live longer and have a more productive life and whatever. So everybody gathered around him. And the Gemara told us, he said everyone, Oh, you want the skula? You want life? No problem. Right? Basically, watch your mouth, guard your mouth, be careful what you say. Ask the the Chida asks, why does the Gemara say twice, man bolchaya, man bolchaya? Who wants life? Who wants life? Why did he say it twice for? Was he stumped calling out to the Olam to say it louder? No. What was the purpose of saying twice to tell us who wants life in this world and who wants life in the next world? When a person watches and guards his mouth, he is able to have a life in this world and a life in the next world as well. The Chavetz Chaim brings a Vilna going. Rabbi said, listen to this. We're only in the introduction right now. We have to get talachas another time. The Chavetz Chaim brings the Vilna going saying that if a person muzzles him, his mouth and for every moment he muzzles his mouth, he's zoicha to or hagonus, to a hidden light that even the malachim cannot comprehend. Now, by the way, I want to explain that for a moment. That is, people, we discussed this by other areas, but it's specific, especially over here, sometimes a person will say, what does it help if I've got a juicy bit of Lashon Hara to say? And I'm going to say it, but not now. I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to stop myself for five minutes not to say it, but I'll say it in ten minutes. Does it really help? I mean, at the end, I'm saying it anyway, right? So what's it help? The answer is no. The Van Gogh says, for every moment that you stop yourself and you prevent yourself and you don't speak the Lashnara against somebody else, so the Van Gogh for every moment, an incomprehensible that the Malachim cannot fathom, the Arhagonas, the light that you will get 
just for muzzling your mouth, just for a few moments. So when you say okay? When you speak Lashon Hara, that's a different Aveira. But for that section of time that you uh, say, I'm, I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to push it off. I want to say it. I really want to say it, but I'm going to wait. You, your uh, you will not lose the scar of waiting, though. The scar of waiting will be yours. You, there'll be an Aveira for the saying. Obviously, you can't get away from that. But the scar of actually waiting is incredible. And by the way, this applies to many mitzvahs. It applies to many Aveiras. Right? We've spoken about different Aveiras at a different time. Where a person prevents himself, stops himself. Even if at the end he loses the battle and he does it, but that waiting was a success. That waiting was a hatzlacha. Okay, in fact, recently I was discussing with a boy this exact sugya. And he said to me, you know, at the end of the day, I'm doing the very anyway. So what's the point? I fall every time. Yeah, I managed to prevent myself for, for an hour, for two hours, sometimes even a whole day. But what does it help? At the end of the day, I do that very anyway. That's what he asked me. Not always. So, one second. So I answered to him the following. And I said, I hear. But you have to realize, if you focus on the success, meaning, if you focus on the times that you prevented, that you stopped yourself, that you delayed it, that is a success. Maybe you fell in the end, but start to focus on the success. When you focus on the success, that will mimela promote more success, and therefore you'll be able to stop yourself in the future as well. Yeah? yeah like, like the Rebbe came over, he said... Well, you push it five minutes and it might not even... That's right. That's right. Okay. Let's move on, Rabbi Sai. Okay? The Chonskai brings a beautiful marshal. Listen to this. Can you imagine? In the olden days, they didn't have farm stores, right? So you have to have a guy who used to travel with like a wagon full of farm. And people, you know, from town to town, and people would purchase from him the sperm that they needed. It was very, very exciting because sperm was not easy to have. Not everyone had a whole library of sperm, not no base medrash and shul had that misfarm either. So to buy sperm was great, yeah? So can you imagine, said the Chobot Chaim, the following scenario, yeah? A guy is desperate to buy a shas. He has loads of money, and he wants to buy himself the most beautiful shas that exists, okay? Suddenly, into town, rolls in this guy with the wagon, and he says to him, tell me something, what is the most beautiful shas that you have on sale in your little wagon? So the guy says, wow, I, I, like, I only take it out for like special people and special kids. I don't take it out stam because it's really expensive. He's like, whatever it is, I'll pay for it. No problem. He takes out, goes into the back, digs it out from the bottom. Did this most beautiful, gorgeous, leather-bound chasse. And in those days, it wasn't like you go to the local store, get a leather bound with your name on it. It was a real thing. They had to do it by hand. Every, every volume, right? the whole chasse was beautiful. The guy says, how much is it? I don't care whatever it is. I'm paying for it. I want this chasse in my house. Right? It matches the wallpaper. No, I need to learn from it. It's, it's really important. I want to have it covered. I tell you, whatever. Gavaldi. So he buys it, and he's so excited. He's so excited to have this shaft. It's unreal. Unreal. After he hasn't opened it up yet, it's put it on the shelf. The peddler's gone. The wagon's gone. The swarm store's gone. He takes out to show his kids. I want to show you the shaft. Takes out the one volume, whichever that was, whichever Masechta was, irrelevant which one it is. Takes it out. He opens it all excited to show them, right, you know. Opens it up. Empty. Nothing there. It's like, hold on a second, so in those days, you have to remember, it wasn't like printing press like nowadays. It's like more with stamps. Oh, maybe you forgot this page, turned it over, empty. Okay, maybe this volume is bad. Takes up the next volume. Empty. What? I've been, like, hello, you know how much I paid for this? It's ridiculous. I spent a fortune on this. Listen carefully, Rabbi Say. A person will be in this world, and he'll work hard, and he'll learn Torah, and he'll do mitzvahs, and he'll steig, and he'll try, he'll do whatever he can come to the next world waiting in anticipation for his wonderful reward for his learning Torah for his doing mitzvahs and it's going to be empty 
because he spoke Lashon Hara in this world. And he spoke words that erase and get rid of all of the good that he has done. That says the Chovetz Chaim, if we knew how powerful this Avera was and how detrimental and how damaging it is to our own reward that we worked so hard to get. Zog Dahanika Chovetz Chaim, you change your life. The Chovetz Chaim says, if you knew the severity of Lashon Hara, your hair would stand on its end. Do you know what that means? We don't understand it. We don't chap it. We don't realize it. In Parashas Tetzaveh, we know Chazal tell us the various items of clothing of the Kohen Godel. And the items of clothing that the Kohen Godel wore very often served as an atonement, as a kapora for Klali Sol Zaveris. What atoned for the sin of Lashon Hora? The Me'il. Yeah? Did you say that? Similar. Yudvatari was by the... Yeah, I heard that. I, I heard it, by the way. Okay. So the Me'il was an atonement, was a kapara for the Averis of Klalisor when it comes to Lashon Hara. What was one of the very interesting aspects of the Me'il? Does anybody know? Bells. No. No. The fact that it says one... It was fully treles. It was fully treles. Okay? It was fully treles. Why treles? Because treles is the color resembling the kisei hakovit. What is the connection between the me'il, that's the kapora for klalisov, for lashon hara, and treles, which represents the kisei hakovit? Yeah? So the Chovetz Chaim explains, and he brings this question down. And the Chavetz Chaim brings the Tonad Velio. The Tonad Velio brings down that Loshan Hora rises all the way up to the Kisar Kovit. That means when a person speaks Loshan Hora, it's not just in the air. It doesn't remain a conversation. It goes all the way up to Kisar Kovit. Zog the Chavetz Chaim is saying the Tonad Velio. How do we know that? Because the Me'il represented the Aveir of Loshan Hora. It's a Kapar of Loshan Hora. The Me'il was Tcheles. Why was it Tcheles to resemble the Kisar Kovit? To show us the connection that when a person speaks Loshan Hora, it goes all the way up straight to Kisar Kovit. Rabbi Say, I don't think we realize the potency, the severity of how, of how our speech can affect someone else and affect ourselves. Can you imagine what the Chavetz Chaim said about that Shas? We work so hard in this world. We learn Torah, we do mitzvahs, we're most nefesh for the Rabbi Shalom and for his mitzvahs. And we're going to get up there, it's going to be empty. And we're going to be like, uh, hello? Am I in the wrong place maybe? What's going on over here? Where's everything? Where's all my work? Where's all my mitzvahs? The answer is, it went. Gone. Because you spoke Lashon Hara. When a person speaks Lashon Hara, it can cause tremendous, tremendous damage. A person has to realize what it can do for him, what, what it can do for others as well. Of course, there's tshuva, and of course, when you do tshuva, that can be kavaldic. And, and like every aveira, there's always tshuva, and tshuva can right. erase the aveira. Thirty years of my life, I'm giving to the nurse. It's yeah, one speech of lashon can rip the whole thing apart. That's right. If we realized again, this is our problem. Our problem is that we all, I don't know about you guys, but maybe me, we grew up as if like, okay, lashon is like you know, you shouldn't do it, but like, no, no. If we realized how bad it was, not a single person would dream of speaking Lashon Hara. Because it's one of the worst things you could do. It's brought down, by the way, Chavzchayim brings all this experience of Lashon, that um, when a person does an Aveira, that Aveira, listen carefully to this, when a person does an Aveira, that Aveira goes up, but doesn't reach Kisar Kovit. Right? It stops somewhere before. Okay? Now, that means, that means, 
you cannot get in trouble for that Avera. You can't get, you can't get punished for that Avera because it hasn't reached Kisar Kovid yet. So you could basically do all the Averas and it, you won't, it won't get like Ki'ilu mentioned in heaven so therefore you won't get punished. Oh, but the problem is the moment that you go along and you speak Lashon Hora, that Lashon Hora goes all the way up to Gisai Kovid and it schleps along with it all the Averas that were waiting to be mentioned. Boom! You speak Lashon Hora, every Avera is not mentioned in Shemayim. So Rabbi Yisrael, we're probably dealing with the most homor, the most stringent, the most important, the most destructive thing that a person can have and do and say. That's why we did this last of Ben Adam Mechavir. I don't want to scare you guys and talk about first, like what's going to be after this. This is the climax. This is it. This is the worst thing you could do. Ben Adam Mechavir, Ben Adam you struck everything down. It's a disaster. Rabbi Yisrael, we have to learn to watch our speech, to be careful, to think, to be sensitive, to realize. Like the Manchester Rosh Hashiva said, there isn't a household in Klal Yisrael that took upon themselves to learn two halachas a day of Shemiris Oloshan that did not see a Yeshua in their lives. You know what that means? When a person learns Shemiris Oloshan, you see a Yeshua in your life because you learn to be sensitive. You learn to realize that you've got to be careful what you say. Are you going to sl- split up? Sometimes you, yeah, sometimes you slip up. That's okay. Right? What we're discussing, Lashonara, is more of a Baal Lashonara. Baal Lashonara is a, a Baal Lashonara means you're the owner of Lashonara. You're, you're the guy. You're the Baal boss of Lashonara. You're the guy that runs around telling everyone in the back of Shul by the mikvah. You know what I mean? You're the guy. One time thing. All right. Sometimes that, yeah, it's Avante, that's an Avera. When the Chovetz Chaim says a Baal Lashonara, that's a much worse stage than a regular person who just spoke Lashonara. All of this happens. But a Baal Lashonara is much worse. Baal Lashonara means you're, you're the Baal Lashonara. You speak Lashonara as a habit, as a normality. Rabbi Sai, we have to learn to watch our speech. We have to learn to think about the Alochas, to concentrate on the Alochas, to learn the Alochas, and to watch what we say to others. We have to get to the Alochas as well.